What's up, y'all? Now we King Carter in the building. Episode 10. I gotta go. Stay tuned. What's up, good people? It's Nova King Carter in the building, live from Conroe, Texas right now. Um, I'm in Conroe. Well, when I first came down, I was in Houston, and then I went to Spring, and I went to Humble, and I'm in Conroe. I just been taking like a tiny little um, little tour. Um, left Louisiana because of Hurricane Ida. I knew I was going to leave because of how large the storm had become. And um, when it was just a category two and it was coming really close to us, it was about to form into a three, but I saw the size, the magnitude of it and where it was headed right towards me. I was like, okay, I'm definitely leaving because I had been in Louisiana for Hurricane Katrina, which was like 16 years ago. And at the time I was 20 years old and I was just alone, right, at the time because I was, um, you know, I was alone at the time. And the two people I was with most of the time, all the time, was, you know, Joel and Donna. But at this time, like, I wasn't with them because I had just went to work previous day before because we had been told that we had to go to work or we can get rolled up or fired. And since I had this really nice apartment that I had just gotten, I didn't want to get fired. Even though I had two jobs, I still didn't want to get fired from my job. So I ended up going to work. Also did not own the TV because I was an artist. And I would come home from work every day and I would pull out this, I had this gigantic book. And in this book, I would do sketches every day. And I would go over sketches too. So I would like maybe draw a photo of someone and I would, I would revisit that photo again, maybe like two months later and do a second attempt of that photo to see how good I had gotten and how much my skill had improved. And then I would put that picture, you know, I have uh, sheet protectors and I'll put the second attempt behind the first attempt, you know, facing opposite each other so that when you flip the page, you can see the photos. And I, that's what I did at the work. Or, and then I would write a poem or something. Um, I've always been a poet. Love poetry. Love art. Art. I just love art in general. Art in all forms, really. And um, so that's what I did. So originally, I didn't even know it was actually a hurricane coming until it was kind of like announced at work. And I remember, like, I already lived there for a couple of years anyways. Um... And I had been there for some hurricanes, for some tropical storms, and nothing major really happened. No major damage, no major flooding. Just like, you know, some rain, some heavy rain, like some loud rain, some loud wind. And the next day, it was was pretty chill. And, you know, they have this thing in Louisiana where, like, there's always this beautiful calm before the storm, right? And so it's always like the weather is always so beautiful and clear and just... It's just so amazing. Like the weather is, it's so ironic because before the hurricane, before a hurricane always hits Louisiana, the weather is just absolutely beautiful. It's stunning. Like you can like go outside and you can sit on your porch and you can just relax and just, you could just like have the best day, go to the park, go shopping, like whatever you want to do. Like you can do outdoor stuff because the weather is just so lovely. The sky is lovely. But then when that when the, when that storm comes, like boy, that storm comes, okay. And for Katrina, I remember like I got home that night, 
And like my neighborhood was filled with people and everybody had their cars in the parking lot, but I didn't have a car at the time. I, I had caught the bus and then I walked the rest of the way home. And I remember like the next day when I woke up, like my neighborhood was literally ghost town. Like you could literally see like tumbleweeds <laughs> rolling through the neighborhood from like the lack of people and things in the city. And um, I was just like, what the hell? Like it, it really hit me then like that maybe I should have tried to possibly find a way to get out of there. But I said, you know what, maybe it, it'll be like all other storms, maybe a little worse, but nothing too crazy. I got a little backpack. I put in like a toothbrush. I put in um, I put in a book to read. <laughs> I put in like um, a, like two outfits, and then I, you know, some socks. I didn't put. I barely put anything in that little backpack. I threw it on my bag. Had my money, and I left. Um, my phone, my phone charger. I didn't really bring a lot with me because I felt like I was going to be gone. I'm coming right back. In my mind, I thought I would come right back home. So I didn't even make a big deal about taking anything with me. And I love my little apartment. It's all perfect and cute. And uh, <laughs> I was very, very OCD-ish back then. I wanted everything to be perfect and clean and clear and just, you know. Anyway, so end up um, coming outside and you know, nobody was there, and I remember, like, getting really afraid, and I sat on these little green boxes they call tanks in Louisiana, and I remember looking into the sky, like, God, like, please give me a sign, tell me what I need to do, and I remember, like, a voice, like, super clear and concise, was like, you, you need to follow me, you need to come with me, and I remember, like, oh my God, like, y'all, I, like, was so stunned because I thought God talked to me and I could hear him. And I remember, like, I was about to go get my notebook so I could write about that experience. <laughs> I looked up and it was my neighbor, whom I had never seen before. He lived above me and he was just like, hey, you can call me. And I was like, oh, my God, I put my hand on my chest. I was like, yo, I literally thought God was talking to me. But, like, you know what, actually... That was like God sending somebody, really, because it was like me and him and his roommate were the only three people left in that whole entire neighborhood. The whole neighborhood, okay? And so, you know, they was like, well, we're going to the Superdome. You can come with us. So I was like, okay, cool. So we were like walking down the street. And the cops seen us and stopped us and asked us where we we're headed. And we were like, oh, we're going to go to Superdome, you know, for shelter and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, the Superdome isn't open right now, but they have another place in West Wego that's open for shelter. And I can take y'all there. He was like, Worley School. And so we ended up going to Worley. And let me tell y'all something. It all went downhill from there. It all went downhill from there. And, like, I remember, like, that night when a storm finally hit, like, y'all, the walls were shaking. Water was coming all down the walls. I'm telling y'all, I thought, all I had in my head was, like, this this gym room about to fill up to the top of water. I'm going to have to find a way to pull the bleachers out, run to the top of the bleachers. And I'm just like, I hope it'll be no goddamn alligators in this water and no goddamn, it don't flood, like, you know. But, um. It didn't flood in the gym, thank goodness. It did have water in the gym from, like, it running down the walls, coming from the roof and stuff. But, 
Yeah, and then like later on, the army came, National Guard, and they they called for their ruckus, pulling guns out on us and um, yelling at us and treating us like criminals. Like, yo, we we're here to seek shelter. Like, we didn't do nothing, and it was just like, yo, the conditions were deplorable. No running water, no plumbing, no flushing toilets, no food, and then like that, and you know, um. You know, people started going to Piggly Wiggly, like, you know, getting food and stuff like that and drinks. And it it was just a shit show. It was a shit show. And I knew that, like, from the experience that I had, it was, like, the scents and the odors that I smelled during Katrina for years. And I mean for years, y'all, like, five-plus years. Like, I would smell, like, pungent things that reminded me of what I smelled there, and it would take me right back to that fucking gym room at Worley. And I remember, like, the bathrooms. Oh, my God, y'all. Like, oh, oh my God, y'all. Like, I'm talking about the toilets. Y'all, I never used the bathrooms in there. I went to the bathroom one time because I brought a lady in there who had a motorized, like, scooter thing, and her battery ran out. And I, you know, I pushed her to the bathroom, but she started crying. And I helped her, put her in the bathroom, put her in a, you know, stall. And I was like, you need help? She was like, no, I got it from here. And we tell you something, the toilets did not flush. They were literally filled to the top with, like, feces, urine, blood, tampon. It was, it was, ugh, ugh. Think about it, it was gross. It was like, the toilets were ran over, y'all, for real. They had some lady, y'all, in there. And I'm not even bullshitting, y'all. Like, y'all, I swear, guys. This is this is a true story, okay? Like, this fucking lady went in the bathroom. Now, keep in mind, I told you, the bathroom floors are soaking wet. Soak and fucking wet. They're soaked. Like, the bathroom got like at least an inch of water on it. All the way around the whole bathroom. Because all the toilets are filled to the top and they're flooded, okay? They're filled to the top with... Everything imaginable. And they had like this kind of um, sink in the middle of the floor. They kind of want the round ones, like one of those round sinks where you um, step on a little um, pedestal and the water comes out like that. And people were like sitting on those, peeing in that area, you know, because um, the toilets were flooded up, you know. Anyway, y'all, um, this fucking lady, this black lady, y'all, this heavy set black lady literally went into one of the stalls and I'm not I swear to I swear to God, y'all I don't know. Y'all, I swear to God she must have used the water from the floors or the toilet. I'm not even I know she had to have like a mental illness, y'all. Talk about this right now, but it made me vomit but I gotta tell y'all. She went in the bathroom. I don't know what the fuck she did in there, but she like came out and her dress was wet, like soaking wet. Like she took it off and, like, was washing it in the water or the toilet or something, and, like, that shit made me want to vomit, like, y'all, like, the sick shit that went on in that place, like, and me as a young girl, like, I'm just stunned, what the fuck, like, wow, I ended up meeting some young girls around my age, some of them were older than me, they were all sisters who I ended up becoming really good friends with them. Um, you know, 
and um, ended up kind of like hanging out with them because they invited me over. I was by my, I was literally by myself sitting in the corner. They're like, oh, come sit with us. You know, and I know I'm coming over with them. But let me tell you something. The shit that went on in that place is so unbelievable. The conditions were so deplorable. The cops, the the you the the army, the the um the fucking national guard people, like they were so horrible. They had like took a Walmart truck, and you know it was filled with stuff, right? You think they would have shared with us? They had this like little gate that separated us. And they pulled that gate down, kind of like, you know, that little gate that pulled that. I don't know if they still got that gate at Rowley, but if anybody ever went to Rowley, like, in those times back in the day, they know what gate I'm talking about. A little gate that pulls down. And they literally had it stacked to the top with, like, soap, tissue, juices, waters. These motherfuckers in the back barbecuing and feeding themselves, and none of us have food. Yes, Army and National Guard now. And so it's like, man, they had one lady there and she, like, her daughter worked for the government and she couldn't get, her daughter couldn't get to her in time. So she got left behind and she had a book, a little black book filled with phone numbers to, like, local officials and TV stations and stuff like that. And she, like, this is the lady I had helped in the bathroom. I pushed her um, electrical chair in there. And um, she, I called the TV stations, you know, and they didn't even know anybody was taking shelter in that school and y'all I swear to y'all they used to take us outside at night like in the middle of the night the army people and stuff and they used to have their guns like they um and I used to always tell them like y'all they gonna take us out here and shoot us and they gonna kill everybody like and just act like you know we went crazy and rioted or whatever they gonna kick us in the water or something because it was like they took us out there every night like oh the buses are coming like why would the buses be coming at midnight or 1 a.m or 2 a.m she was so wild, like, I, I just, y'all, the shit's so crazy, like, but anyway, Hurricane Ida, when I, when I knew that we was having Hurricane Ida, and it was too, when I saw how massive it was, it was, when I saw that I was literally coming right towards where I lived, I was like, okay, I'm out of here, then became a three, but I was already on the road, I was already, like, halfway, you know, I was already 12 hours out, so it took me 23 hours to get to Texas. That was stressful. That was exhausting. Um, I was very emotional um, because it's just a very stressful thing to do when you have children, but I knew that I could not have my children um, in Louisiana for a hurricane of that magnitude um, and being... um, that they wouldn't have any flushing toilets, like plumbing or running water to wash their hands or take showers or brush their teeth or um, have any air conditioning when they're hot or, you know, or anything like that. I just couldn't put them in that position or me not having access to gasoline to get to stores or, you know, um, or having access to food and water because the stores had to get rid of everything because the power's out, you know. It's just, um, it's just a blessing that I was able to get out of Louisiana so that I could take my kids somewhere they can be comfortable. They can have plumbing and running water and food and drinks and, you know, air conditioning and, or heat when needed. And you don't need no heat in Texas, honey. It comes 
full-blown ready with heat, so you can't be cold here unless you're just laying under an air conditioner, sweetie. So, uh, definitely comes equipped with the heat. And I thought, I thought Louisiana was hot, but yeah, we ain't got nothing on Texas. So, Texas be hot. Hot, okay? And yeah, but anyway, Texas is so open and free. Um, so many places to go, y'all. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy that I was able to get out of there because I didn't want to put my kids through that experience of being somewhere where they had to be uncomfortable. Because, you know, when you have children, you have to move different. When you have kids, you have to think about them. You can't just think about yourself. Like, you can't think, of, oh, I could, I could ride this out. You know, I could ride this storm out. I could, you know, I can X, Y, Z, I can go to the store, you know, three days prior and get, you know, these many gallons of water and these many cases of water and get food and get blah 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 you can do that you can't if it's just you you probably can survive by yourself you know in your house you you probably don't even need your air conditioner or you know or anything like that or you probably don't care about lights at night you probably light a candle but we're talking about children when it comes to children you have to think about them you have to think about meeting their needs, knowing they need to eat every day. You have to cook for them or have three hot meals for them, right? Uh, or at least two hot meals, and if the second one can be lunch, like a sandwich or something, but you have to feed your children, and they have to have drinks to go with that. They're also going to have to relieve themselves. They got a potty. They're going to have to one and two. You feel me? They're going to need baths. They're going to need to brush their teeth, wash their faces. You know? Like, they're children. They're human beings. And they cannot fend for themselves. So when it comes to being an adult and having responsibilities and obligations to deal with, you have to say, you know what, I'm obligated as a parent to make sure that my kids are well taken care of, to make sure that my kids are in a better situation and in a better environment. And that's my, that's always been my goal since I've had children is to just bring them up the best way I can and just give them everything they deserve, all their, meet all their needs and teach them and um, prepare them for the world. And if I can do extra things, <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to do that too. So yeah, I had to get out of there for Ida. Ida was a big, ugly storm, a big, nasty, ugly storm that left a lot of people homeless without homes. And it definitely did some significant damage to my home as well. You know, but I'm just happy that I was able to, you know, get out of there. And I'm also happy that I, I'm not like a splurger. Like I don't go out and just take my money, just throw it away on frivolous things. And I was able to have money, you know, that I can like fill up my gas tank and get out of town and, you know, purchase food and drinks and hotels um, so that we can stay in that, in that place and, you know, be comfortable while I'm, while I was traveling. It was stressful. We did miss home, of course, you know, and my kids did, you know, they're emotional about home and worried about home. And if their home had flooded or if they had lost their things, you know, they were very, very concerned about that, you know, and, and that's totally understandable because like when you're like in a place where you don't know what's going to happen or you can return home, it's, it's scary. It's scary to think like, man, I can never return home or, like, how bad is my house damaged? Like, 
did the roof fall in? Did you know? Did my house flood? Like, you know, is it's a haunting feeling, like not knowing the unknown. You know, it's always scary, um, but it's also an opportunity to just kind of dive in. And you know, being out here in Texas kind of gave me like an idea, and it made me look at things in different perspective, of course. And you know. When you're in when you're in hurricanes and you have to keep on like leaving town and running away from stuff, it like it gets old eventually. And you're like, you know, I don't want to keep running from storms, <laughs> you know. And um, you know, Louisiana's already below sea level, so you know, a lot of things happen like that. You just kind of like, you know what? I'm tired of running from these storms and <laughs> you know, I'm tired of rebuilding stuff, you know. So they got a lot of people who like, you know, left Louisiana. And their homes were destroyed for Katrina, but they finally returned home, bought new homes, and, like, their homes are completely destroyed or washed away or have anything. They had a man who was, you know, eaten by an alligator, um, you know, during Hurricane Ida and things like that. So, you know, she caused a lot of um, chaos and uh, tragedy and a lot of um, damage um, in a lot of places. You know, she traveled all up through, you know, everywhere <laughs> she she made her way to Maryland up to New York City so uh, she was busy very busy kind of did whatever she felt like she wanted to do so I think that um it's it's good to be prepared it's good to have a little something on the side for a rainy day and I'm just so I'm so thankful to God that I was able I'm so thankful for God like for the universal God just for aligning me and putting me where I needed to be and for me thinking like, okay, I need to have this saved just in case. And that really saved me and saved my children from having to be in a situation where we couldn't get out of a bad situation. And there's a lot of people that couldn't. And I'm so grateful and thankful that friends and family that I know were able to get out of there. I'm so grateful and thankful for people who um, I know who didn't have significant damage to their homes, who are safe. I'm just, I'm grateful. And I am sorry for anybody who was hurt anywhere from Louisiana to Alabama, Mississippi, to Maryland, to New York City, you know, um, because it's something that we, none of us can predict this and none of us can control a natural disaster. Um, but I, it's some crazy stuff that's been going on lately. And I just think it's a little crazy I'll get into that another time but um I'm just really happy that a lot of my friends who you know were in other parts like Monroe and uh other places like that they they were untouched by the storm so um very 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 happy about that um that they were safe and they didn't have to worry about that a lot of people that I do know that lived in Harvey they said they were they didn't really get um too much damage either so that's good some people did get damaged but a lot of people didn't um this time um the hurricane hit um the west bank pretty bad and um as far as that goes like the lower lying areas like Laplace and places like that, Homa, they got hit really, really bad. Lots of flooding and people lost their homes, and that's so unfortunate and so sad. And I'm sorry to anybody that happened to that, you know, that that, that happened to, because um, it's very difficult. It happened to me for Katrina. I lost everything. 
my most prized possessions, which are my, like, sketches and my poetry books. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's, it's very um, painful to lose the things you love and your valuable things as well. So, um, just, you know, I know a lot of people probably ain't going to go back. They're going to probably not go back to Louisiana because, you know, people are tired of rebuilding, of course. Some people will go back because they don't ever want to leave there because that's their home and it's understandable. And um, but some of us are gonna be like, I don't wanna, don't wanna do it. And some people are gonna go back and plan to leave, like myself. So it just, um, I don't wanna be running <laughs> every year, every other year, every few years, or get comfortable and you know have to leave. And plus, like life is so. like more than just sitting in one spot like let's go explore (laughs) let's go explore like I like exploring I like I like I like I like this I like um exploring and moving around and 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 trying different avenues sometimes it's scary um to step out on um the unknown, but you got to step out on faith and I'm stepping out on blind faith in everything that I do. Um, because I believe in myself and I believe that I can achieve and I can accomplish anything in this world that I want to accomplish. And I'm so grateful and so thankful for it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy and I'm thankful and I'm grateful. Like, (laughs) and I can't, I cannot stress that enough, like how happy and grateful that I am for just being able to do the things that I do, being able to live and be happy and take care of my kids and to have the great friends and family that I have and all these experiences that I've been going through. And it's it's just, oh my God, it's just so beautiful. So my advice to anybody is to live your life and be happy. Don't let anybody or anything hold you back. And if you're unhappy with a situation or or a place you live or a job that you work at, just let it go. But make sure you have a plan in place first, as far as financially. No one just let go something financially until you have a plan in place. But once you get your financial things in order, let go things that are holding you down and weighing you down and free yourself from anything that isn't making you better or greater, guys. And sometimes home can't be home anymore if it's taking everything away from you. Sometimes we get pushed, we get a little shove from the universe, you know, um, in, in a certain direction to kind of guide us and let us know, hey, 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 it's time to, it's time to, it's time to move on. Like, boom, it's time to go. And, um, yeah, so sometimes we get the little push, a little shove and I'm, I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> I'm definitely with that. So. Yeah, um, thanks for joining me. Thanks for sitting with me. Thanks for listening to my story. Thanks for hearing me out. And, you know, as always, I love y'all. I'm sending out good vibes and much love and peace.
um, to all of my listeners. And I appreciate your support and love. And until next time, this is Nova King Carter with Touched. Peace.